Blog Talk Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! I'm going to have to go tell the world exactly what's on the list of Jericho. You just made the list! Well, Dusty Rhodes, the legendary American dream. Well, you've got all of it you can stand, baby. Nobody runs down my people. Give me a hell yeah. What? Believe that. Yeah. Through you, you're fired. Wrestling fans, are you Yes, yes, yes. Let's start the show. Let's get it going. It has been a while since we talked some straight-up WWE. What's up, guys? This is Just Bring It Wrestling Talk. I am your host, the Wrestling Movie Guy. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at WrestlingMovieG. I got my main man, J-Dash, with me from XF Podcast Productions. Remember to follow me at X Podcast. And, man, where to begin? It's money in the bank season. There's a lot that's been going on. We haven't talked WWE in a few weeks, so I think it's going to be virtually impossible in the amount of time that we have to cover every single thing that has happened. So what we're going to do this week is a little bit different. We're going to talk about the big main stories that have been going on. It's going to be mostly a, uh, a preview of what's to come with Money in the Bank. But there is one thing before we get into Money in the Bank that I want to get to first, and that is Enzo... Amore. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, no. Now known as Real One. The Real One has been dropping a few tracks lately. And if you've been paying attention to that on World Star Hip Hop, you see that he's been making a little bit of noise. Some people like his new sound. Well, it's his only real sound now because we've never heard him actually rap before. And there he is doing the next logical step in his career, which I... I thought he would go in this direction. I actually feel that hip-hop or whatever kind of style of rap music he's going to be doing more or less fits his persona. Uh, if, if Enzo Amore is anything like the real guy. And funny thing is, I can't even think of what his real name is. <laughs> I've always thought of him as just Enzo Amore. So he's got some new songs out. Uh, the one that caught a lot of people's attention was Phoenix. 
And if you remember the case, as J-Dash and I had discussed many times on this show, uh, he got into some legal issues because of a, uh, a woman that claimed that he had some sexual misconduct with her against her will, and it was proven that this did not happen. She was trying to get attention, and he got buried not only by WWE but the fans, but you also kind of have to put that on him. He made a lot of mistakes. He was being very sloppy with the way that he was carrying himself, and sometimes when you live that kind of lifestyle, it comes up and bites you in the butt. So he didn't tell WWE that he was under any kind of legal issue, and they fired him, not because of the case itself, but because of how he was handling it. Now that the smoke has cleared, now that the court, uh, you know, the, the, the system has done its job and cleared him, so apparently he's no Bill Cosby, uh, he's decided to fight back and become a hip-hop star. Will it happen? Who knows? But he's got 1.4 million views on uh, on YouTube as of right now with just the Phoenix song. What do you think about this career turn for Enzo Amore, J-Dash? How are you feeling about this? I'm all, I'm all, all for it, pretty much. Uh, when this incident happened a couple of months ago, uh, about Enzo, I was like, oh man, it stinks. But there was a lot of you know loose ends of the story. If you read the if you read the stories on both sides, the court records and the report, it's almost to a point where we were, we're just not seeing it now in the WWE like we did with Enzo. We're seeing it in Major League Baseball, NFL, uh, hockey, Hollywood, of, Hollywood of people, actresses or ladies accusing men for sexual misconduct. And they destroy this guy's reputations, and you find out nothing happened. But there are cases out there, ladies and gentlemen. Don't say that we're a bunch of sexes on here, uh, especially me. I get that all the time, honestly, from my Twitter. Apparently, I piss off too many people. But some of these women who falsely accuse these athletes, no matter what sport they play or what position they're in, and they destroy their name. Then social media, Twitter – Instagram, Block Talk Radio, or other type of uh, uh, social media sites have fans like us that either support what Enzo's doing, back him up, or you got the other fans like what you said on the music video called Phoenix. I just now watched it just a second ago. I didn't listen to the lyrics, but I watched the videos and how he's presenting in his music video what is, is describing. He heard his fans, his supporters – trash him when this incident happened. He heard the wrestling universe trash him, and he's just full-blown going after the wrestling fans, and I give it to him. It's like That's like a bully or a, someone that's pushing you down this whole time for the last couple of months, and when you finally get to, like, I told you so I wasn't it. I know I said the truth. I know I did everything right. And the people who trash him all the time are like, oh, man, that sucks. Well, I can't, you know, forgive him now because I just, you know, painted his image. And you see that to a lot of professional athletes that get in these type of situations, find out that they're not guilty, and the first thing that social media does, or fans do, we go, oh, it's because he makes millions of dollars. Enzo doesn't make millions of dollars. He just got into the WWE just recently, so he started to make some money before he got fired. He's basically, I don't know what, upper middle class, but he's not a millionaire like these other well, athletes. He was 
he was making like hundreds of thousands of dollars, not Nine like more. John Cena, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. money. I mean, if you think he's got $12 million in the bank, <laughs> yeah. I assure you that's not the case. He's doing a but, lot better than we are. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he can't just buy a court, you know. He's not like oh, Big no. Ben or something. And, and, and again, he, like we were just saying, don't don't get it twisted, people. When it comes to yeah. the Harvey Weinsteins, the Darren Sharpers, guys like that, fuck them. I'm not going to say anything Cosby. nice about it. Screw those guys. Yeah, Bill Cosby. Screw those guys. And but there's in, rumors now that Morgan Freeman. Proven. In Enzo's case, it was proven that these were false accusations. So please don't jump on us like we're supporting, you know, screwed up treatment of women. No, yeah. not at all. <laughs> Yeah, the only time that we get you know responses of doing this, we our our show just gets you know blocked by Block Top because apparently we're too sexist, even though we're defending it and fighting for it. Okay, that's a that's simple thing. But with the Enzo Amore thing, all go at it, man. Just go at it. Go do your thing. Go kick some butt. You deserve it. I liked it when he was at NXT. Everyone remember him, Enzo Amore and Kaz. Everyone loved him. But when this incident happened, you saw a lot of WWE fans trash him on Twitter and social media. You actually think when these things happen, these wrestlers or superstars or athletes ignore the fans. No, they don't ignore the fans because they, they, see their, they see their notifications on Twitter. They see the stuff on TV, and it builds inside them. Enzo went through the process, went through our court system, won his case, and now he's doing what he has to do to tell everybody a big F you. And he has that, and he has that right to do that because he was proven that the case was false. He was wrongly, yeah, he, we had known Enzo and his character over the last couple of years with NXT and the WWE. Yeah, there are some questions of how he approached stuff, his appearance, and his, you know, agreement or what he does in the backstage, like, uh, you know, you know, money-wise or something. There has been issues of that in the WWE. You mentioned that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, was, he was kicked guy. off the tour bus by Roman yeah. Reigns for <laughs> talking way too loud. <laughs> but uh, falsely accusing the guy for sexual misconduct, ruining his career, ruining his dream in the WWE, yeah. And you don't have any solid evidence at that. There has to be some... How can I say it? Not repu- repu- uh, repercussion. Repercussion. I was about to say repudiation. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, maybe about. he'll get it through his music. <laughs> yeah, and that's what usually a lot of even rappers or music uh, music people who get in trouble. Like Eminem, he got in legal trouble about like 10 years ago. Uh, I forgot what it was about. That he came out with one of his best albums like six months later, and it was just him just laying it out on the line. And I'm like, dang, Eminem, you're like 75 years old, and you're still getting some great records. Um, no, he's not 75 years old, people. I'm just saying that he, if you know, if you have the ammo and you know you're in the clear, let that let it spray out everywhere. And that's what Enzo's doing. And I respect for the men for that. Yeah, I would like to see him back in the WWE. It's a long shot. I think it's even a longer shot than CM Punk at the time. Um, that's another stuff that we could get on to another day about CM Punk. But, did, by the way, did you watch that fight? I watched that fight. I paid money to watch that fight. Excuse the um, subject. I, I, well, I saw the highlights. I mean, we could talk about that real quick. Uh, I, I saw the highlights. Um, I don't he think it was a debacle. Uh, yeah, he did, but I, you, you got to give him this. 
he went out there and he went the distance and he fought. He got a taste yeah. of being in the UFC. It's not going to work for him, unfortunately. I mean, the guy's 39 years old. He just yeah. the MMA way too late. And he stayed in there as long as he could. He kept taking all those hits, and mm-hmm. he kept getting up. And you got to give the guy all the credit in the world for doing that. Well, I'm a big CM Punk fan. I was rooting for him, but I could tell that I was like, I was watching him like, Punk, come home. You know where you belong. Come home. And trust me, CM Punk's character in modern day WWE, boy, you can be some good matches, especially against Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles that we have a chance. But hey, I'm trying yeah, to do a little bro. <laughs> I was rewatching the pipe bomb the other night. Fine enough. So CM Punk one has the, been on the mind as well. One of the most epic WWE segments of all time was that pipe bomb, and I think the other one is The Rock back in 2000 and I want to say 2004 or three, where he had a 15 minute uh, segment where he was he wasn't he was he was the heel Rock at the time. He was the Hollywood Rock. Mm-hmm. I forgot who he was going. He wasn't going off in the WWE. He was going off with somebody else. But it was like 15 he was minutes. He going off on John Cena. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't think it was John Cena. Not bad go three. <laughs> well, I think it was Brock Lesnar or Goldberg. But when they were coming, he was calling them out. So, yeah. But the pipe bomb by CM Punk is still one of my favorite uh, segments of the WWE in a long time. Well, there's a couple of good ones, but that one's still, you know, CM Punk laid everything out there on the line. Like, you know, I'm going to make it everything known. So, yeah. Uh, it's a bad – it was an okay fight. I liked it. I didn't I, – I hope CM Punk won, but he didn't. But, yeah, it's time for him to come home. Come on, WWE. Yeah. Agree with him. You know he wants to come back. Time will tell. Uh, well, you we you can hope for the left. best. You can hope for the best, but I expect the worst. Agreed. And that – and with that, it's time for us to talk about Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles for the Money in the Bank Championship. <laughs> for the WWE Championship at Money in what? the Bank this Sunday. <laughs> Whoops. We'll slip into the When is WWE there. coming out with a new belt? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were borrowing it from the Million Dollar Man. Uh, <laughs> okay. Has the buildup for this been good? Um. I'm going to leave that question up to you, but the the other oh, question I have about this storyline – oh, I will. Just a couple, though. Um, <laughs> is Shinsuke Nakamura – has he turned into the stereotypical foreigner evil bad guy? Has he – have they turned him into that? And I started thinking about that because WWE is trying to be more modern and try to get away from that, even though we got guys like Jinder Mahal. But even Rusev Day – He's not really portrayed as a super villainous guy trying to, you know, take over and all this. Like, he's just Rusev Day trying to get his spot with his buddy that does fantastic injuries for him. However, with Nakamura, they have gone to, I know, speak English. They've gone to him hitting guys in the nuts constantly. I mean, hell, he just did it to Jeff Hardy this past SmackDown. Has he turned into the stereotypical foreigner bad guy? I guess for me that's the biggest question. But also, how big? How are you feeling about this buildup? The buildup, in my opinion, well, we've been what six weeks since backlash, ten weeks since WrestleMania, and, and about what last podcast? 
the two weeks live our podcast, and we about we're about a football season length from when Sinsuke won the Royal Rumble, and the build up to Money and Bank from Backlash and Money and Bank, in my opinion, it's not as what you see from what we've seen from Fast Lane and Elimination Chamber towards WrestleMania. The narrative there was two heroes, the epic one dream match, what yada yada yada. It sounds like what we had with The Rock and John Cena before. Mm-hmm. Um, but the build up to this, just for me, what you said is Shinsuke Nakamura becoming the stereotypical foreign bad guy. Uh, I'm not saying yes at this point, but is we're we're teetering to that direction. And the reason why I say that is because you can look at some of the past foreign WWE bad guys we've had, or heels. Uh, you, you know, Jinder Mahal, all with his little doofus stuff he does. The Great Khali. <laughs> uh, who was the other the Iranian guy a couple of years ago? Uh, a couple of not years ago, it was almost ten years ago. Hassan. Oh, Muhammad Hassan. Yeah. Muhammad Hassan. Uh, when Jinder Mahal did his little thing, I'm like, oh, look, it's a reincarnation of Han, uh, whatever, I forgot his name again already. He just said it. <laughs> Muhammad Hassan. <laughs> Muhammad Hassan. Uh, I'll never forget him. And you said something about Rusev Day. About yeah. Here, uh, one thing about Rusev Day, he was built and portrayed as the Bulgarian brute from mother, from Russia this big bad guy, and once his character changed a little bit towards face and became Rusev Day, I think fans more turned towards him and knowing that he is a great competitor and he's always going to be there. He, he rem- Honestly, he reminds me, I know this is going to be a strange comparison, I guarantee when I've listened to it, I was there go, why are you okay. comparing it to this dude? Rusev to me now has become Christian of this generation. He's been wrestling That's forever. Interesting. That's an interesting comparison. And the only difference is that, you know, he was Canadian. This guy is uh, Bulgarian. Well, he's, he's but, Bulgarian. yeah, yeah, I, I kind of see where you're going with that. He's Bulgarian, right? And he, uh, how can I say this? He lives in Nashville, Tennessee. He's more American now than ever before. So, so is Shinsuke the stereotypical evil bad guy? Well, he's teetering on it. And how the WWE likes to portray their bad guys from foreign countries, it almost it comes out to be like not. I don't want to say extremely racist, but it's, it's pretty the close. Build up, the build up to here, it's like the United States versus Japan. Ooh, have we seen this before? Um, it's I forgot the big guy, the big, the sumo wrestler back in WrestleMania one. Ah, uh, well. Sumo wrestler, I mean, that makes me think of Yokozuna. That was yeah, more uh, like WrestleMania 9. That was more WrestleMania 9. Time. And it was like Hulk Hogan versus him, and they build up that storyline, United yeah. States versus Japan. Deja vu. But Shinsuke, in my opinion, oh, of course, it's, you know, can do better. In the wrestling, of course, is involved. Um, but easy with the nut shots, man. That's becoming like... Uh, who else? I know Hornswoggle did it all the time because he's at that level. Uh, oh, he has to. It's his only move. <laughs> yeah, it's his only move. Uh, taking on the, 
If you're hornswoggling and you're taking on somebody like the Big Show or Finley, you're telling me you're not going to hit him in the nuts? Yeah. <laughs> but is the buildup – I think the buildup, in my opinion, was more – it was greater. I can't say more greater. It was greater during the stretch from Rumble to Mania to Backlash and to Money and Bank. Six weeks since the last pay-per-view, God, it seems like it's forever. And now we're going to in another three and a half hour pay per view because WWE doesn't know how to you know continue matches or keep going with the pay per view. But is the build up okay? Uh, let's just say it's been getting tired, tiresome the last three weeks seeing every like the same in plot. I'm like, okay, I know you've done this for now six weeks now. Okay, let's just get the match. Um, if let's say if the bat Money in Bank was like maybe two weeks earlier, that four week barrier between pay per views. I would say the I say that the the build up to it will be much greater. Seeing that it's lingered for no, it has extended to six weeks, it's lost its luster a little bit. It's like yeah, I think you it's, already got you got to your peak too early, and it's mm-hmm. now just like holding on a thread. Uh, or they could better do something quick, or this rivalry is going to lose its uh, momentum very quickly, like the Roman Reigns and uh, Brock Lesnar one, how that died off quickly because it kept continuing it too long, in my opinion. But continue. I think you pointed out the, what is wrong with this build-up. Uh, what they did before WrestleMania, you had two great warriors that highly respected each other, and you enjoyed that because not only did you get that, but you could relate to that, and it also was something different because it, it typically is good guy versus bad guy, but when you could have well, still good friends. two great Oh, yeah, 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 but I mean character-wise, just character-wise. Oh, yeah, character-wise, yeah, you're supposed to hate both of them. They're supposed to hate each other. Yeah, but for WrestleMania, they didn't need to do that. And that's I think that's no. the big reason why that worked so well. And now with nutshots and no speak English and all that crap, it's just it's just basic 1991 WWE, WWE, technical about it. And that's yeah. the problem. That could be the issue. Now, the match, I guarantee, is probably going to be great. But the buildup is going to sour it a little bit. Yeah. And you know how you know how they should have finished off this rivalry? Not really finished it off. But if you're going to have that epic match at WrestleMania, they should have done it like Hulk Hogan and The Rock. Had it like a 35-minute match. Both guys kicked each other's ass. Both guys did each of their finishers, got the crowd pumped. Did their little signature stuff, and at the end of the game, at the end of the game, in the match, they shook hands, they looked at the crowd, and the crowd went crazy. That's what they should have done with uh, at WrestleMania. Yeah, let AJ Styles still have the belt, but don't tarnish uh, Shinsuke's character. I thought they were going to go down the road where Shinsuke was going to be a Mr. Badass. Well, he could have, but they went too far down the road. They took another left down the road, and that's the area that we're at now. Uh, Shinsuke should be a different character at this point, and it's become bland, in my opinion. Well, before we move on to the next couple of matches, the one thing that I will say, and I think is the reason why they had Nakamura turn on AJ at the end, was because they already had uh, Carmella, not not Carmella, Charlotte and Asuka had their match, and they shook hands at the end of that. So I oh, think yeah, I totally forgot about that. Good point. The, yeah, so if you were to do it twice in one night, eh, WWE probably just didn't like that idea. But still, it would have had a better outcome for this match if they just simply had them shake hands. Alas, we must move on. 
what kind of predictions do you think are fair for the two, count them, two women's championship matches? You got Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey, and you got Carmella versus Asuka. Uh, right off the bat, I'm going to say that one match has had a better buildup than the other. Can you take a guess? <laughs> Uh, Carmella and Asuka, I think, overall has had a much better build-up. Uh, Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey, it's been awkward. But I like the last promo where Ronda Rousey put Nia Jax's arm, uh, arm in an arm bar. That was cool. But there's one thing that both these matches have in common that I'm concerned with. You got two female wrestlers that are not quite up to par with the other, and one is champion and one is not. Nia Jax is definitely ahead of Ronda Rousey because Rousey's only had, like, what, two televised matches now? And then you got Carmella and Asuka. Asuka is a G. She's one of the best in the world. Carmella, I love her character. I think she's a lot of fun. But is she as good a wrestler as Asuka? Absolutely not. I do not think she is. And I think they've been protecting her by not having her actually have any kind of matches. She's always just doing commentary, talking trash about the opponent, and then coming up from behind with the Iconics and whatnot. Do you think that both these matches could be flops because of each match having a wrestler that is less experienced than the other? I think the Carmella Oscar one would be a bigger flop than Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey because of the name of Ronda Rousey on the Raw on Raw's championship. Even though how can how can Asuka and Carmella, in my opinion, could be the bigger flop because Asuka is superior to Carmella. But Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey, you have that star power where the crowds, the fans, won't care if Ronda screws up. They'll still cheer if she wins. But in the other case, Nia Jax, not Nia Jax, Asuka and Carmella could have the best could have the best match, but could still be the bigger flop. Because of the star power. Because I guarantee people are coming to this pay-per-view saying, okay, we already know Asuka's guaranteed going to win the women's title. And Ronda Rousey's going to beat Nia Jax. So there's going to be some, like, there could be a chink in there where Nia Jax retains and Asuka wins. And it's still, you know, Asuka and Carmel's match, still a better match, but will flop because of the name of Ronda Rousey. I was, like we've done a show before, I'm a big person who believes that Ronda Rousey needs time to develop She's getting right into the championship scene way too fast. Yes, the build up for Nia Jack, not for the excuse me, Oscar and Carmella has been, in my opinion, better. Um, yeah, I just feel I like that Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey has just been too forced because they met in some New York red carpet deal and challenged each other and just build on from there. Um, I still think no matter what happens between Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey, that match will still get better ratings, better grades than Asuka and Carmella, even though Asuka and Carmella could be the best, better match itself between two wrestlers that actually, you know, wrestled for years. And it will still be considered flop because of the names, if if you understand how I'm approaching it. Yeah, I think what you're trying to say is that uh, Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey, there's such intrigue there because both of them are big stars, but they're both taken off more or less at the same time, and it's a case of who's WWE going to pick 
Are they going to go with Nia Jax, the woman that's been working her ass off the last couple of years and finally got her championship? Or are you going to go with the blockbuster name, Ronda Rousey? Are you just going to give her the championship lickety-split, like, you know, when Goldberg came back or when Brock Lesnar came back and beat the living hell out of John Cena? And with Carmella and Asuka, I guess, yeah, you have a little bit too much familiarity, and everybody knows that Carmella, while good, is nowhere near as good as Asuka. So everybody's expecting Asuka to just crush her, and that's going to be it. And it, it, there's no win or there's no it, it, there's no win or lose for WWE on there. Like it just it's going to be it is it, what it is. Whereas with Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey, depending on who loses, one or the other's career is going to go in a very different direction. If Ronda Rousey loses, that could turn a lot of people off right away. They'll be like, oh, she had two matches and she lost a championship match. Well, I guess she's not really that good. And then you have Nia Jax. If she loses, oh, well, well, she lost to this newbie, Ronda Rousey, and she doesn't really know much about wrestling yet. So that's not good for Nia Jax either. So this right here kind of is a, an overall mistake to have this set up here. But at the same time, it adds intrigue. And I think that's what you're trying to say. Am I not? Um, hopefully I'm not far off. <laughs> no, you're not that far off. You're. I just feel like it's been forced. Yeah. In my opinion. Or yeah, the, I the think promo work has been very weak. Except for last yeah, week. I, last week was good. Yeah. Um, I just think the WWE is trying to say, uh, oh, my God, last year's Money in the Bank sucked. We got to do something more this year to make it, you know, more promising. So, Which the Money in Bank was rated as one of the worst pay-per-views last year by, uh, what is it, Bleacher Report, I think it is. But <laughs> what do they know? Yeah, they gave they uh, a couple segments today a couple weeks ago, and me and you discussed, we're like, how in the hell does he even get an A? Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's about time that we get to my boy, Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal. Now, the big question above all, you know, forget the rivalry and everything. The number one question that I have is whether or not Vince has the balls or the gall to actually make this the main event at the end of the night. Over or under, what do you think are the chances that Jinder Mahal versus Roman Reigns actually closes out the show? Personally, you guys know how I feel. I think this is setting him up for failure. I want Roman to succeed. He's a great wrestler, but he just keeps getting knocked off down at the knees. One way or the other, they somehow do it to him. And if they have him close out the show, it could be just as bad, if not worse, than the Samoa Joe debacle. What do you think? So you're over under. What what are the chances? Okay, here we go. It's seven oh uh, it starts at seven, right? No, it starts at eight. Yeah, it starts at seven o'clock. It's eight o'clock. You get the WWE logo. And you get the hype and you get the prop, you know, all the hype of the matches and previews are coming up. Then you get, you know, the video of we're live here and the first song you'll hear is this. Works for me. Yep. Yep. I believe this should be the opening match of the main card. A. Yes. A. It's the buildup has been. Uh, let me turn it up a little bit so people enjoy it because you know how we WWE fans hate them. Uh, in my opinion, you get this matches first, get off the way, and not get off the way, get it out of the way, so you <laughs> actually have people who are at the end of the show watching the final match. What happened to Backlash? WWE should never have happened again. People were leaving. 
at the end of the backlash because of that match of Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe. So, this time, make this match the first one, and people are forced to watch the whole thing so they can get through the pay-per-view, even though the people, a lot of fans, hate Roman Reigns. And like I've always said, and what you said, your hatred towards Roman Reigns in the WWE is the reason why he's still there, because you're giving him a reaction. If you don't want him there, you make zero reactions, but you keep doing it. But this thing against Jinder Mahal is just like what we did with Randy Orton last year with Jinder Mahal. Jesus Christ, it's not going to work. Please make the first match. Over under, I say it's the first match. And at worst, it's a mid-card. But if you put it at the main event, you, that's another epic fail. That I, I didn't even think about that. i got to give you a lot of props for that idea because if you put him first, it pretty much forces people to watch him. But not only forces them, but it's like, okay, we got him out of the way. You know he's not going to be there at the end, so you're not going to have those anxious fans sitting in their seats like, oh, God, well, when's he coming out? I know when he's coming out. He's going to come, come out at the end. He's going to ruin the show for me. <laughs> oh, wait, he came out first? All right, we can get it out of the way. And on top of that, not that you know you're getting it out of the way, maybe you can actually sit there, watch the match, see it and enjoy it for what it is, and maybe start to see the bright spots of Roman Reigns. Maybe that's asking a lot. <laughs> Maybe that's just my little wet dream. But I would hope that that's the best case scenario. Keep and it PG it, now. That, that, that could happen. <laughs> oh, keep it PG like WWE, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah. Anyway, I know you Roman Reigns haters, you want us to be done with it. Uh, before we move on, uh, I, I really liked uh, him kicking uh, Sunil's ass this past weekend. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Jinder Mahal just grabs his, his little butler, and he's like, all right, man, dude, you got this. You got this, buddy. You got – oh, my God. He just took a Superman punch to the face, and he got speared. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, and you could see that Roman was having a lot of fun. So uh, that and putting um, Jinder Mahal through the wall not once but twice was fantastic. I loved it. Uh, but the buildup has been a little meh. Hopefully the match is okay, but then again, we got Jinder Mahal, so yeah, you know, take that for what it is. But anyway, as we get back on track, the big question that I have right now is Becky Lynch. Is she finally getting back on track? She's been getting some wins lately, and her character has been reflecting uh, how she used to be champion, used to be the new hot big thing. And not so much. She has been saying on the mic that she wants to become the face of the women's division again. So, and, and you know, WWE writes these scripts out for them. So clearly, some, one of the writers, somebody back there, must be paying attention and noticing that Becky Lynch is getting lost in the shuffle. I've been very happy with her getting a few wins lately, but does this really mean she's getting back on track, or is she just being dangled along, much like Rusev Day? Uh, hmm. Huh. That's actually, let's think about it. Becky Lynch is that woman superstar that's there every night. Bat, battles. Bust her butt. Bust her butt. Bust her ass, wherever you want to say. PG, bust her butt, not PG ass. Um, she's there every night. She, she, 
she let's say she was the Chris Jer- she is the Chris Jericho in the in two thousands. He was there every single night, busted his ass, and never went anywhere after he won the undisputed title. It took him like four years before he finally won the Intercontinental. Um I know it's a tough people think once again the WWE it takes what, two, three week two three months maybe, maybe weeks before you get a, you know, championship um, match. And sometimes you get in the WWE, you win a title right off the bat, then you're titleless for years. Uh, but you're mm-hmm. still there. Uh, Becky Lynch is a Zack Ryder, uh, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I'm trying to think of a couple other superstars. Chavo Guerrero. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I love Chavo, but I don't think we could give him the Chavo de Guerrero spot. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, I'm just trying to think of the uh, cruiserweight division. Like, she's there every single day. Team Malenko. You know, well, yeah, good one. Kane, there's another one. The guy who's been there for god-awful long time between title runs. <laughs> well, he, no, no. Uh, but uh, for Becky Lynch, we said before that she's been a, a superstar that's been mistreated, uh, misled, like, you know, the other two doofuses on Raw. Um, point looking at you, uh, Bailey and Sasha. But Becky Lynch, in my opinion, deserves a title shot. She gets, she's in the Money in the Bank match against some quality competitors. Um, I believe that her, Charlotte, and Natalia would be the three, the three ladies that will will be the. I can't say final three because here's on eliminations. Uh, those mm-hmm. would be the three ladies will that will actually be touching the you know the suitcase um, when the. Uh, the the big climax area or the you know oh my god it's going to happen uh, those are going to be the three three uh, wrestlers but in my opinion Carmella uh, she deserves it she's she's been in every show every storyline uh, she's usually the first one thrown out during the Rumble Rumble of Rumble Rumble the Royal Rumble <laughs> um, she deserves it she's been like two years now without a belt and she's been in all these epic matches she's been in Elimination Chamber she's been the Hell in a Cell. She's been in the uh, you know Money in the Bank match. Uh, I think it's time for her to get a push. And come on, her accent sold. Yeah, when yeah, she's when she's talking trash, like the Irish accent mixed with her attitude makes for a very convincing character. Definitely mm-hmm. right about that. And being half Irish myself, I'm just a sucker for an Irish wrestler. <laughs> Finn Balor, Sheamus, Becky, Sheamus love them all. I wonder her and Sheamus are. Uh, not really. I'm not saying related, but I wonder if her and Seamus are friends because of that. They're both Irish. Yeah, it's possible. Huh? I definitely wouldn't throw it out the window, but I definitely think it's possible. Huh. There's some so, odd friends in the WWE. People who you don't think are friends, you look at them on YouTube or Twitter, like, oh, God, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kayfabe is definitely dead. <laughs> yes. So this brings us to the main event. Oh wait, wait, wait! No, 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 no! This isn't the main event. This has got to be the worst event. But here we got a question: What is the worst storyline build-up? Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass, or Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn? Both of which are complete turds. 
and the worst of the worst so far, I think, this year in WWE. Other than, of course, the Saudi Arabia debacle, but that's an entire pay-per-view. As far as just strictly storylines go, I think that these two are the worst of the worst. First, you have Big Cass making fun of Daniel Bryan with a little person and just completely beating down on him. And then, Gaston Hussein attacking Bobby Lashley kind of rightfully so after that terrible promo that Bobby Lashley cut with uh, Renee Young talking about his family and eating hit with sticks and his, his older siblings and just a whole bunch of la da 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 blah 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 that nobody cared about and Sami Zayn is calling him out on it he has a, a bunch of you know dudes dressed up like his sisters and drag, and it's just so uncomfortable. And the coup de grace with Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley, I guess you could probably tell what I think is the worst, is when he called out Bobby Lashley's military experience. Why in the heck would WWE even think that was anywhere near a good idea, considering how much work they do for tribute to the troops and all that work that they do with the U.S. military? This is a horrible pretty damn offensive storyline. I'm going to go right out there and say, yeah, I think Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn is by far the worst one, but Big Cass and Daniel Bryan are big runners up for that golden raspberry of terribleness, which is their storyline. What do you think is the worst one? The worst build-up? Storyline, whatever. (laughs) Uh, It's all together. It's all terrible. uh, The worst build-up slash storyline. I want to have to say The American Alliance football organization that's starting their football league here, Princeton. Worst build-up ever. Um, <laughs> no, I have to <laughs> – that's another Wrong show. show. Save it for Sunday. <laughs> uh, I'm still – I'm not sold on Bobby Lashley. Yes, Daniel Bryan and Big Cass. Oh, God. That's – that's how can you say – that's like, watch, that's like watching uh, – that's like watching paint dry. It's like, yay, who cares? Bobby Lashley, Sami Zayn, it's like watching Scream, first Scream movie, on repeat for 24 hours with your eyes, eyelids taped open, and you can't move. Yeah, Scream's a good movie, but after you watch it 24,000 times, it gets very annoying. Um the the call out on the military thing by Bobby Lashley, don't do that. Come on, WWE. It's like you with Saudi Arabia, like you mentioned, uh, or the glorified house show. Don't insult the troops because a tribute to the troops show uh, should be just as big as the Saudi Arabia event, maybe bigger. But I agree with you about the Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn one. Um, I don't like it. And the Daniel Bryan big cast, yay, okay, Daniel Bryan's back. Okay, ooh, what you do? Why did this not end at Backlash? Why is it still lasting after six weeks? I've almost completely ignored that storyline, and the Bobby Lashley one, same as Zayn one, it's almost, uh, I know it sucks, but I can't turn my eyes away from it because I just can't because of the badness in it. So, yeah. Um, it's such a train wreck you can't help but watch. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like I hate to do this, but it's like back in the 2000s where women's matches were the fillers. 
of the of the of the uh, events. That's what Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn became Monday night. That's a filler. The obstacle course. Jesus, you know damn well Bobby Lashley can do that with no problem. He's a Marine. The Marine? I think ex-Marine, right? Actually, I think he was the uh, Army. He's Army. Maybe actually. Oh, was he Army? Maybe. Wow, oh, great. Well, we we got it all wrong right now. They had every single flag up, so it was kind of confusing. That's why, because <laughs> I saw Marine and Navy. I'm like, uh. I thought he was a Marine. Okay, well, we may have to Google that uh, with our trusty Google. But yeah, I thought that I little the obstacle machine. Yeah, I, the obstacle course thing was just a damn filler and. um they could have done so much better with this. I honestly think with Bobby Lashley came back, uh, his character has been so different where it hasn't had a time to grab hold of something, and he's being forced to do things that his character hasn't been built up to be just yet. It could in time, but uh, the Bobby Lashley from early two th- the mid-2000s is not the Bobby Lashley we got now. And um, oh, I, I, I wish my- we had that one now. I want my ECW champion back. That's what the last one, Bobby Lashley, was cool. Uh, but, yeah, I think these two matches are fillers, and they're going to be fillers for the pay-per-view on Sunday. I'm like, oh, so if you're going to order pizza, get something to eat, those would be the two matches to do it. I'm not saying their athleticism is something to avoid, because we all know Daniel Bryan can freaking wrestle, we know Sami Zayn can, and we know Bobby Lashley can, and we know uh, Big Cass can. It's just the storyline is like, stupid. It's like, okay, we've seen this for six weeks. Let's go. Well, before we move on to the main event, I will say, I think the biggest issue that I'm having with the Daniel Bryan big cast thing is, well, not only what they're giving cast to do, but what they're making Daniel Bryan do. His, his outbursts and anger and attacking big cast's recently repaired knee are all things that just don't come across as Daniel Bryan to me. It's almost like to take out a monster, you have to become a monster. I feel like that's kind of what's happening to Daniel Bryan. And again, I've never been the biggest Daniel Bryan fan, but he was kind of starting to win me over. And then this storyline happened, and I'm confused by his actions in the ring. I'm like, is this guy really still a face? I mean, look Mm -hmm. what he was doing to this guy. Faces are not supposed to go after other wrestlers and purposely yeah. injure them, and that's what he was, was doing. So they're doing damage to Dan O'Brien, and that's what's annoying me the most. But Sami uh, Zayn and Bobby Lashley have to put absolute worse. For for Dan O'Brien, I'm going to get my little dark geek, geekness out here. Uh, there's a movie that came out recently. Uh, I guarantee half of the whole world, well, most of the world has seen it, uh, called Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um one bad guy, yeah, it wasn't as I thought. It could have been a lot better. Uh, but the bad guy, I forgot his name because I haven't seen him forever, uh, says right. that uh, darkness rises and the light to meet it. That's Daniel Bryan. He's, <laughs> he, he, he has darkness inside him, and, the, and his baby face is covering it. That means he's about to turn. Can we have yeah, a heel Daniel Brown? No, it's not Anakin. That was uh, Ray, I think. I don't know. I haven't watched Star. I, that, I don't. I think I fucked the story. Well, I just offended geeks out there. I'm sorry, people. I'm sorry. Watch Battlestar Galactica. It's much better than Star Wars. It's actually more realistic. But anyways, uh, continue. Boo. I don't know about all that. I didn't like the Last Jedi, but I don't think I'm going to go out there and be hollering Battlestar Galactica, even though I like it. I like it. 
but the new mm, Battlestar nah, Galactica, not the original. Yeah, the new one. I know. <laughs> Edward James anyway, Wilson, we, not the. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I Dude, love the blonde girl. Listen to the sci-fi album. Zachoff. Yeah, there's four seasons of it. I think it's going to be on Netflix soon. Make sure to check it out. Uh, Hulu. A little plug for Netflix there. <laughs> oh, Hulu. All right, Hulu. There's a little plug for you. Throw some promotional cash. Of course, this brings us to the main event. Finally, who is going to win the men and women's money in the bank? I guess we'll start with the men here. Uh, I guess it's pretty easy to say Braun Strowman. But somehow, I think that they're not going to have him win it because if he's running around mm-hmm. with a briefcase, I think it'll just be too obvious and too easy for him. Mm-hmm. I am going to put my bet on Rusev. And the Damn you! Damn you! Because I think WWE has an opportunity to do something that's never been done before. A first ever Mr. and Mrs. Money in the Bank, Lana and the Rusev, both of them win and become Mr. and Mrs. Money in the Bank. I think the opportunity there is too great to pass up, and WWE would be very stupid not to do it. So that's my proclamation. That is my prediction. I think it's going to be Rusev and Lana to become Mr. and Mrs. Money in the Bank. Uh, Damn you. Damn you. (laughs) <laughs> you had the same idea. <laughs> no, I had the men's one. So like I was like, I thought you were gonna ask who you think's gonna win the men's uh, ladder match. I was gonna say Rusev Day. Day. Uh, uh, the women's match, I think it's gonna be Becky Lynch. Uh, and Rusev and men. That. If if not not in the men's, if it's Rusev, if it's not Rusev, I know people are gonna hate this, but he's the best. He's the best heel of all heels in the WWE right now, and that's The Miz. But The Miz has already the won Miz. the money. Um, yeah. The Miz or Miz. He's already won the money in bank, and when he won the money in bank last time, he did he, he successfully cashed it in, and he had a very good run. Uh, but Braun Strowman's too much of the – oh, he's definitely going to win a type of character or person. He's – He's that Super Bowl champion that you all. He's definitely going to win. There's no way the team too obvious. Beat him. Too obvious. Uh, in the order, I think it's going to be Rusev, The Miz, Samoa Joe, The New Day, Braun Strowman. Uh, shit, Kevin Owens. Yeah, Kevin Owens. Yeah, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, Bobby Roode, Braun Strowman, The Miz, Rusev, Ben Balor, and one of the members of the New Day. Which is another question that I think we can get. Into. All three of them are being involved. Who are they going to pick? I think it's going to be Biggie. Biggie, all three are going to be involved. Well, in some form or fashion, yeah, for sure. But I think that Biggie is going to be like the guy that they send in. Yeah, because I got the card right in front of me. You mentioned the guys. Uh, Bobby Roode, zero percent chance, no chance. Uh, Braun yeah, Strowman, Roode, he's the most yeah, obvious, yet. but he, I don't think he's going to win it. Uh, the Miz, he's the. He his character. If you watch the Miz and Seth Rollins over the couple of months, uh, they're the two hottest superstars right now in the match. Uh, if mm-hmm. you like that type of stuff, they might be the two hottest right now. Um, but in the ring itself, yes. Samoa Joe, uh, uh, mm, right, that's like the uh, Jinder Mahal right now. He's okay, stuck. yeah, you're. Yeah, he's kind of stuck right now. I don't know but, what they're doing with him. The the Miz, Rusev, 
Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens are the ones that, in my opinion, even though it's half the field, are going to be the ones in contention to win the match. But I see Rusev more than Finn Balor, but Finn Balor more than uh, Braun Strowman, and Braun Strowman more than Kevin Owens in that order. Braun, Braun Strowman more than anybody. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, but he's the most obvious choice. I think they're saving him for the – because if they give him the money in the bank, you already know he's uh, him and Brock Lesnar. I think there's still something we're, – we're going to see a belt around Strowman pretty soon. I just don't want to see them make it that obvious of it. But in the ladies, uh, yes, Natalia, in my opinion, will be, you know, like what you just said. The Close. Most, you know, woman and man to win the uh, – Money in bank, but I think it's either going to be Becky Lynch, uh, Ember Moon, or Charlotte. Uh, I don't think uh, Scheiser. Uh, what's her name? Mm, Alexa. Well, the entire well, the entire crew is going to be Lana, Natalia, Bliss, Charlotte, Ember Moon, Becky Lynch, Naomi, and Sasha Banks. That's Naomi, the entire card. I think Natalia is actually going to last longer than people think, and the reason that I say that is because if if Ronda Rousey wins the championship, I think that they'll dangle that a little bit. I'm not sure if Natalia's going to win. In fact, I don't think she'll win, but at least for that, if she wins the championship, because she she will have won, they're going to work that into the commentary and kind of build up Natalia a bit more. I'm sure her legs are going to get cut out from underneath her, but uh, they'll at least they'll play that up for the match. But on the other hand, too, if Natalia does win, I think that would be an interesting choice because you know she's going to go after Ronda Rousey. She already said that she would. And you could have kind of like with uh, AJ Nakamura, like we were saying before WrestleMania, you could have two great wrestlers, both champions, have a respect for each other and build up to a genuinely good, different kind of storyline. So I, I could see that working out well. A lot of people don't seem to like Natalia. I've always felt she's incredibly overrated. She's been there the longest. She's paid her dues. And for her to actually have a, a good rivalry with Ronda Rousey, I think, would be uh, – she'd be well-deserving of that, of that kind of push. Well, the reason why people hate him or hate her is because she is the relative of uh, – I almost said Bobby Hart. Uh, yeah, she is. But who's the uh... – Sorry, what was that? The relative of what? I forgot his name. Holy crap. Bret Hart? Bret Hart. Why did I say yeah, Bret Hart. Hart? I hate brain farts, man. Brain farts are the worst. Holy you'll crap. Have, I just you'll had have a word. Screwjob in my head. <laughs> <laughs> All you had to say was Montreal Screwjob. I knew exactly what you were trying to say. Uh, but I think the WWE fans are like, oh, yeah, she, she got rewarded at WWE because of her bloodline. Okay, WWE fans, if you're like that, say that to The Rock. Say that to Natalia. Not Natalia. Oh, yeah, Natalia. Say that to uh, uh, Bray Nine, Nine Jax. Bray Wyatt. Uh, the B there's team. a lot. Of, what people don't under Roman Reigns and uh, the Usos. Well, they already blame Roman for everything. Well, they 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 blame Roman Reigns because of the, they blame known WWE fans. The reason why Hillary Clinton lost the elections because of Roman Reigns, not because of Trump. <laughs> Roman Reigns. <laughs> Fake news, but yeah. Charlotte also, big I didn't hear one word you just said. Repeat that. Uh yeah, the connection went a little funky there. Charlotte, that's another example. 
That could yeah. be considered some nepotism. But they weren't rewarded the positions. They went out there they and worked earned for it. it. Charlotte, if you've watched her documentaries and you watch Rick Flair's documentaries, you see Charlotte in the background, but she wasn't given anything. She was not supposed to be there. It was supposed to be her brother, unfortunately, lost his life. But still, Very sad. I, I, I get a kick out of WWE fans like, oh, they're rewarding because they're playing Bloodline. Yeah, these are the same WWE fans that criticize wrestlers, and you think these wrestlers don't hear it? Okay, whatever. Appreciate what they do, people. Don't criticize them, because you know damn well if you were in that in their shoes, you'll be doing the same thing that they were doing. Try to keep ignoring the you as much as possible, because they don't want to ruin their career. It's like calling the kettle black. Come on, people. They're entertainers. <laughs> well, we got about five minutes left in the show about these guys real quick, because Lord knows it seems like they've been overlooked lately. But are they really being overlooked? Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Before we close out the show, I wanted to give them a little bit of love. What's up with that? Like, I thought for sure they were going to have some kind of tag team match or at least be on the kickoff show or something. Uh, I love what they've been doing. Ziggler has just reignited his career, and Drew McIntyre has made a substantial comeback, but it feels like they're being held back. How are you feeling about these two? Right I don't now? think they're do you, being do you held. think that's the case? I don't think they're being no. held back. I think okay. it's just they're we got what what's next extreme rules in a couple of weeks. It's not six weeks after Money in the Bank. We got I think it's four weeks. Uh, oh my god! Because Summer SummerSlam is three pay per views away, two pay per views away. So they got to build something. I think we're seeing a a clash of, of, a, of their characters. I'm still trying to point where they're trying to go, but I see them building up, building up, building up. And going after either the Bludgeon Brothers or uh, – oh, crap, they're not on – yeah, no, they're on Raw. They're on, on SmackDown. Crap, it's my bad. Well, I've seen them building up. What happened to the Authors of Pain? I want to know where they've been. They came yeah, back no, and, that, now, and now they have been gone. You're, you are absolutely correct about that. We may as well give them a little bit of attention. Yeah, what what is up with that? They came out gangbusters and just racking everybody. And, and there they're was not a little even bit of complexity. That. They're not even at the live shows either. I've read that on, I think, Wrestling Movie Talk. No, was it Wrestling Movie Talk? No, that's you. You're a wrestling movie guy. Yeah. I heard, that no, what that's what culture. Uh, WWE what culture. I was watching one of their YouTube clips, and there's like, where are they? They haven't been – they didn't go on the European tour, and they haven't been in the last two live shows. Either something happened behind closed doors within the business, or there's something physical that happened to one of the guys. Or the WWE's like, yeah, you didn't catch on on the main card. You're better off in the NXT, and they never did it. So, yeah. That would be crazy for them to do or even think that they just didn't catch on. I mean, they barely even gave them, what, a month? You know, they just up and disappeared. They must have pissed somebody off. That's the only thing that I could think of is when you're not on even live shows, you got somebody mad. Nope. Uh, another thing that, 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 that could be a problem was the fact that they lost their manager, and that wasn't their fault. Uh, the gentleman whose name I cannot think of off the top of my head, but yet I'm looking at him right now, and he looked like he came out of the Judas Priest band uh, with the shaved head and everything. Uh, he wanted to leave because he just simply couldn't keep up with the rigors of the schedule. So that's why he's more, more worried about his health. Exactly, which, hey, so, man. 
health health comes first. You know, if yeah. if you can't do it, you can't do it. It's possible that these guys, after they lost him, kind of lost their luster. You know, it's like Danny from the Karate Kid, Daniel Sun, and he loses Mr. Miyagi. Are you the Paul same Barrett person? Undertaker. Undertaker went through a little bit of a funk after Paul Bear actually died. Yeah, he had the storyline with CM Punk, but then you had the whole debacle with Brock Lesnar not long after. So sometimes when you lose that guy that's been helping you get there, that the vocal piece that you need, you struggle. And I haven't really heard these guys talk much on the mic at all. Clearly, we haven't even seen them, so maybe that was the problem. They lost their, their hype man, their Jimmy Hart, and that's a wrap. Which sucks, because I like them. I like their look. I like that they were twins. I liked how brutal they were. Uh, and if they were to go up against the Bludgeon Brothers, I think that they could tear the house down. But they're not anywhere. They're not here. So if, if anybody knows anything about that, you know, feel free to tweet at us, message us. You know, if you, if you think you have any inside info or, or anything, even though we look this stuff up all the time, feel free to hit us up. You know, we're, we're always down to listen and hear what you guys think. It's just weird but, how they just disappeared. It's like they came, they saw, and where are they now? <laughs> they didn't conquer anything. We need, they just... we need to hit up all the, uh, the the cats that put up the milk containers with the missing people on them. We need to find out where these guys are. The authors of pain, have you seen us? We need to have that on milk cartons, people. Let's Let's get it going. Milk carton movement, people. Come on. Let's do it. We need to find these guys. Lord knows Vince is trying to bury him. <laughs> With that said, though, guys, I think that that brings it to a wrap. It's 7 o'clock. Going to close it out in an hour. And, well, we're one minute over, but it's all right. I think we held on to the schedule pretty well today. Are there any uh, last thoughts you got, Jared Ash, before we get on out of here? Yes, there is. Uh, WWE fans uh, here at Wrestling, uh, well, I won't say Wrestling Move Talk. That's like, wait a minute, we're not even that. Here at Extreme hey, Football hey. Productions, we are, uh, I've decided as the main guy who's running this broadcast, or not this one, because this is your show, uh, hey. we're, we're looking for either one or two individuals or just, you know, two guys who are big college football fans who love college football, who want to do a weekly podcast of college football. Message us. We're going to get the show going. It's only going to be a weekly show. It's not going to be a three-hour show. It's going to be a two, maybe an hour show on a Wednesday or a Thursday night just talking about college football. Of course, our show, me and Wrestling Movie Guys uh, show on Sunday nights is still gone. That's going to be nothing but extreme football league information, news, updates, some other sporting news in there between little NFL talk. Um, we'll be here Sunday, so awesome that. We are going to start a fantasy football league for – uh, when we get into the NFL season, so if you want to be a part of that, give us, message us, tweet us to be a part of it. We're not going to have a massive league, maybe 12 guys. We're not going to do a major thing. Uh, and also, we have uh, merchandise that we're trying to design and um, sell so you guys can spread the news and love. And we are also debating and we are testing next this Sunday's show on a new platform. So it may not be live from here on out. It may be downloaded and sent out within seconds after our completion. But you can still get us on Twitter at XF Podcast and at Wrestling Movie Guys. Besides from that, uh, that's about it, dude. Yep, that's right, guys. We are trying to update everything. No more crashes. No more soundboard malfunctions. Thanks to AAF. 
you know, conspiring against us, but uh, we're doing everything we can to provide you guys with the best possible show. And as you can tell, this is a Friday, not a Thursday. We're going to be moving the WWE shows to Fridays around 6 o'clock. So even if we're not live, you'll be getting it on Fridays from here on out. And we're going to try to stick to that schedule because, again, we're adults. Sometimes things get in the way and we need to shift our schedules. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that is about it. I thought that there was something else that was on the tip of my tongue, but I'm having a brain fart right now myself. So I think I'm just going to let you guys know and remind you to follow us on Twitter at XF Podcast, at XF Podcast. Follow myself, J Dash's partner, the wrestling movie guy at Wrestling Movie G. Uh, make sure to check me out as well on YouTube. I've got some new videos out on there. Been getting some more subscribers and some more views. I really appreciate everybody checking it out. And uh, my newest one, actually, is a little uh, fun fact video about the history of Michael Myers' mask. If you've ever wondered how or where or why they got that iconic mask for the Halloween franchise, well, I got the answer right there. You're just going to have to check it out for yourself, guys. The Wrestling Movie Guy on YouTube. The Wrestling Movie Guy. All right. That's enough promos. That's enough. That's enough, people. We are out. We hope you guys enjoy the show, and we will be back this Sunday to talk some XFL. And until next time, take it easy, guys. I'm touching myself tonight. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego.